before we can go um, too far, here's a, here's a great um, beginner for devotions. Can you say devotion? Yeah, for devotions. Devotion simply means is that I'm going to give some time to God. Okay, it could be reading the Bible, it can be praying. There's several ways you can have devotion. But in chapter 2, it's uh, one of the classic ones, especially for, uh, for vision and mission. If you want to know what God's vision is or you, what your purpose is, sometimes this is it. Look at how he starts out, though. Habakkuk starts with this. I will clum, climb up. It's chapter 2, verse 1. I will climb up into my watchtower now and wait to see what the Lord will say to me and how he will answer my complaint. Isn't that glorious? Is anybody in here a complainer? Don't make me call you out. I mean, come on. How many of you are complainers? Raise your hand with me. I'm a complainer. Yeah. (laughs) Own it. You're better off if you just own it. So he says, because what we do is God, God raised our expectation. He taught us that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could hope or ask. So what do you do? Come to him with some little short, narrow prayer? No, you come to him with some big expectations. And sometimes he doesn't do it the way we think it ought to be done. So guess what? Now I'm a complainer. I'm a whiner. You see? Because I'm saying, God, what about this? What about that? So it's a, what, a, what a wonderful thing to inspire you. If you'll start this every morning, I will climb up into my watchtower now and wait to see what the Lord will say to me and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer in large, clear letters on a tablet so that a runner can read it and tell everyone else. Wow. Or he says in some of yours, it'll say something more like, we'll write it on a tablet so that people, they can run with it. Right? But, but do you get it now? Did you hear what's happened between verse 1 and 2? Did you get it? What happened? He says, I will climb up to listen... See, to see what the Lord will say to me, to listen. And then verse 2 says, the Lord was listening. Didn't it? Isn't that what that says? So then the Lord said to me. Do you get it? It says, I will go up here and I will wait to see and, and hear what the Lord will say to me. And then the next verse says, then the Lord said to me. Wow. Imagine that. He says in Jeremiah, he says, if you'll seek me, you will find me. When you search for me with everything you got. How many of us are half-hearted? How many of us are half-hearted complainers? You see what we're building here? We're building a flesh inventory. I'm not going to take you too far there. I want you to know that, that in claiming, reclaiming the territory, last week was reclaiming Sunday. I thought it was rather interesting. So those in the audience who know this, I'm just going to uh, let you know uh, I'm not going to violate confidence or trust. But I'm going to say this. I used a word last week that got me in trouble. So this week I'm going to watch my words. No, I'm not going to watch my words. I'm going to say what the Lord says. But here's the thing. Some thought that I was actually talking about them when I was talking about us. Huh? Huh? Because they took it to being, I was kind of, let's, let me use this phrase gently, they were, that I was picking on them. So I called it the lunch bunch. Did you hear that? Now, when you guys think that I'm talking to somebody who happens to go to lunch together, 
and yet you would have missed it. Because in this case, the people who go to lunch together, you know what they said to me? They said, but we don't just go out exclusively. We invite other people to come all the time. And I'm just waiting because it's time for me to shut up. If you, if you were in that situation, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm listening. And I said, there it was. There's your answer. What? I said, that's your answer. We invite people all the time. Nobody ever invites us. I said, that's the answer. That was my sermon. If you think I'm talking about somebody who already has fellowship among themselves, you miss it. Because I'm talking about all the other people who've never invited them to lunch. Judith Dilly, you invite people to lunch, don't you? Becky's invited people to lunch. You invite them to come to your house and sit in your, in your kitchen or dining room. And I, I know that of you, and this isn't about you, so I can say your name now. So I want to detach you from that, okay? But the lunch bunch means is that we should have this fellowship with one another, and what God wants to do is reclaim Sunday. And that means, why aren't you inviting somebody out? And why aren't you going with somebody? And I said, do you remember a long time ago? You have to go way back in memory to remember this. Some of you were here, though. We had a couple, and Joey would be like you and Stevie. And I'd say, I want somebody to take Joey and Stevie and take them out to lunch. And I said, who's going to take them to lunch? Raise your hands. Do you remember that, Ted and Terry? It was, it was, it was one of those moments you could cut the air with a knife kind of thing. Nobody's raising their hands to take Joey and Stevie to lunch. And I'm like, come on, they're a good-looking couple. We ought to be taking them to lunch. Somebody please rescue me. That's what I'm praying in the spirit. And somebody please sign up to take them to lunch. And you know what I did then? I said, here's the thing. I'll give you the money. Somebody take them to lunch. And still, matter of fact, people did this a little tighter. Now, I don't think the people come here to this church anymore. Because nobody would take them to lunch. Finally, I, it was me and Arlene. I said, you know what? Don't you worry about it. You're much too precious to give to anybody. I'm going to take you myself. So, so we, we went to lunch with them. And I thought, wow, what was that? Did they know that Joey was an axe murderer? Did they know that Stevie was a drug addict? I mean, you would think that there must be something, that they had something painted on them that said danger explosive, corrosive, some, some sort of signs, placards. And I thought, wow, folks, open up your hearts. That was part of the message last week was to open up our hearts and be able to reach out to people and become a greater community, closer community, deeper connections. Because we don't get it. You know why? It's because we tend to, to migrate to birds of a feather flock together. Well, that makes for just a boring nest. Huh? So the idea is that we need to spice it up a little bit. And that's part of why God has put this diversity in the body. This diversity that says, you ain't my type. But guess what? I'm going to guess I'll learn something off of you because you're not my type. You'll probably irritate me and teach me something if I'll stay with it. See? So you know what it's like? It's like if you're... Now, this is a weak, weak thing right here, isn't it? But you know what? If we're going to really do something, we actually, you know what? If we slip up here, our friendship slips. Go ahead and pull back from me. Guess what we got? We got some distance to go before we're going to lose contact. See what I'm saying? And that's the problem sometimes in the body of Christ 
is we're too loosely connected. It doesn't take a whole lot to lose connection when you're like this. That's called arm's length. See? What, what, what Christ is after is for us to be willing to lay down our life for each other. Do we have those kinds of relationships in the church? Where it's like, we're, we're so, brother, I want to tell you that before I let you go, we're going to have some, some pain and agony going on as we lose that grip. And about that time, we're going to regain strength. I've got one more position here. I've got another position here. And I'm telling you, I'm going to hold on. And I'll come down over that canyon with you before I let you go by yourself. And I'm believing that because we're doing this, somebody else is doing that back here. And we're not alone. Somebody's going to be pulling. And guess what? We're going to draw and we're going to pull you up over that cliff. Amen? Amen? Now, that's actually prophetic. That's actually prophetic. And you know it, don't you? I'm not picking on you because what you told me, I'm, I know that that's what God's saying, amen? So here's the idea, is that we're so connected that when I begin to lose grip, it's not that we're going to go easily. It's going to be, this thing is going to happen, you see what I mean? But I need somebody holding me back here. Who's that somebody in your life? Do you have anybody? Are you grabbing hold of somebody? And that's really the message last week, not about a group who goes out and actually does what we actually want all of us to be doing. They have an open circle. They have open arms. The issue is, is that what about the ones who we don't invite? That's us, you and me. Let's think about what does it take? Come to me and say, Pastor, I was thinking about taking, actually I was, honestly, I was thinking about taking Stevie and God just learned her name today and Joey, but I don't know if he's an ax murderer. Do you know what it would be safe to take them and go to the lunch? Should we go to a big public place or what? And I'd say, hey, they're great people. You know what? You're, you're probably going to be infected. Oh, see, I knew it. I knew it. No, no, infected in a good way. Because they're living life and they're, they're, they, they want to know God better. They want to understand life better. And so what you'll hear is if we'll, if we'll, we'll humble ourselves, that we'll hear from them some things about life that they're trying to grab a hold of. Sounds like you guys, doesn't it? And we'll learn some stories and we'll learn why we should love them and why we should want to have fellowship with them and how they might speak into our life the value that God has in them and what he might do with us. And so we get this thing. I call it, I can't say the word. It's, now it's too big for me. Reciprocal, but re- recipro- reciprocity. Okay, reciprocity. You know what that means? Give and take, give and take. What is it called? Yeah, you got the, I heard reciprocity. Say reciprocity without losing your dentures. Come on, reciprocity. Okay, reciprocity. What that simply means is that give and take. That's one of the commandments last night, wasn't it? The 10 commandments of marriage. That message is for sale now. No. Ten Commandments of of Marriage, and it talked about the need to give and take. Don't you find that that's where the the best friendship develops? Because as we give and take, we actually grab a little higher into each other's life. See? That's what happens when we give and take. That's why we need each other, because we got something going on in our lives. I want to tell this. I can't go on before. I might have to preach next week this message. Um, Man. But the Lord wants to deal with this. So I want you, to, I want you to, to hear this. It came to me during worship. It just came back to me. 
So I want to deal with that. It's a real tender place in my own heart too. Um, I want you to speak, to think about the spirit that uh, sometimes grabs a hold of you. I'm not talking about a Holy Spirit. I'm talking about an evil spirit. I'm talking about a spirit. It could be a spirit of deception. There's all kinds of spirit things that we could mention. I'll mention a few as we move forward. But here's the thing. One of the things that God wants to do today, he wants to deal with, it's called a spirit of rejection. A spirit of rejection. So I don't want to... I don't want to expose you in any weird ways, but what I want to do, do you understand what a spirit of rejection is? Is that you've been rejected, that you've been cast off, that you've been put aside, that somehow when you come into group settings, you come into different places, there's something that is always oppressing you and pushing you aside. It's about the best way to do it, to, to describe to you a spirit of rejection. Pastors deal with the spirit of rejection all the time. Okay, I have to go to God with that. I know that I find my acceptance in him. I don't know if you know that. So what I want to do is I want to deal with that spirit of rejection because that's what the Lord spoke during worship. I don't want to move on until we deal with that. So let me ask you, could you do this? The old, let's do a little Baptist church practice. I want you to just close your eyes. Here's what I want to do as your shepherd, as a pastor. I want you to trust me with that knowing. And I'm just asking you to close your eyes so you're not, you're not worried about somebody else seeing. Your only, your only concern is I'm going to see, and that'll be okay. But I want to see your hand, if you'd raise your hand. Every eye closed, please. I want to see if you know that you deal with the spirit of rejection. Would you please raise your hand? Just raise it up a little bit. There you go. Thank you. Just keep it up there for me for a minute. Keep your eyes closed. Thank you, folks. Spirit of rejection. We're talking about the right crew. Come on, folks. If that's you, don't miss your opportunity to to have that thing cast off of you right now. It's going to happen right where you're at. We're not going to have you come up front. We're not going to do anything visible. We're going to do it right there where you're at because God wants to deal with the spirit of rejection. Spirit of rejection, if that's you, one last time. Spirit of rejection. You find yourself fighting with people to try to regain your place and position. And you're, you're, you're dealing with the spirit of rejection. It's you rising up in anger because of rejection. You know that's you. Keep seeing hands coming up. Come on, folks. That's your opportunity. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right, go ahead and bring your hands down. For everybody, folks, I'm telling you, more than half of the people in here have raised your hands. Come on, you know who it is. It's you. And if you, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit right now to reveal that. If we're dealing with the spirit of rejection, we want him to reveal it to you. For those of us who know it, guess what? He says, I got that. I got that. I got that. For those who don't know it, he wants you to get it so that you'll give it to him. He was, re- he was despised and rejected. He took a host of captives, captive, that he would set them free. He wants to deal with the spirit of rejection in your life this morning. So we ask, Father, by your Holy Spirit, you said the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And you said that your Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, you lead and guide us into all truth. You, Holy Spirit, are the Counselor. You, Holy Spirit, are the Comforter. 
You, Holy Spirit, are the one who comes alongside. So we pray that you come alongside right now. We pray that, God, out of this day, that we don't carry out of here what we carried in. We want to leave the baggage of this life, the spirit of rejection, we want to leave it at your cross this morning. So, Father, I pray that you would release the Holy Spirit in a fresh way, in your gentle way, God, that you'll release the Holy Spirit to show us how we're dealing with rejection. For every person who needs to know, for their eyes to be open, their spiritual eyes to be open. And God, we just proclaim the safety right now that we have in you, that you have set your seal upon this place for this moment, upon our heart, upon our spirit, upon our mind. And we want to give this away right now because it's killing us. It's keeping us from being able to attain to that which you have destined for us, from what you have planned for us. If that's you, if there's someone new that you come to that and said, yeah, I guess I am dealing with it. I don't like admitting it. I don't like confessing it. But God wants you to give it up. It's false pride that would cause you to build yourself up into a place where you think that's not a problem for you. If it's not, praise God. If it is, don't try to stand in some false humility. That's called arrogance. Now let's deal with that. I want you to ask God for a little word picture for your own life, for your own situation. It might be that as one that gave, God gave me years ago was a bunch of uh, helium-filled balloons. And that thing had been, uh, I thought it was something that was lifting me up, but it was actually holding me uh, down. It was keeping me. And I had to cut those strings and, and let it, I had to let it just fly away. And so it was literally like some big scissors come and cut those every string from everything that was holding me. And I was stuck in that position, that posture, and it wasn't taking me any higher, and yet I couldn't put my feet on the ground. God showed me that. And we cut those strings, and guess what? I became grounded. And an area of insecurity in my life, all of a sudden I had secure footing. So I want you to pray for that because God knows you, and he knows how to relate to you and with you and he'll give you a word picture about your own freedom. If that's a, if that's a matter of a river and you cast, you cast your bread upon that and that, that water carries it away, you cast that issue, that rejection upon him, and then you don't see it ever again. Ask God and just tell him, God, what would you give me a word picture? Would you reveal something to me of how I'll be set free? A word picture is just that. It has profound meaning. It's beyond the parable, beyond a metaphor. Maybe it's the cross. And what you'll see is that that blood runs down. And when we put that, we put our hands and we lay that rejection right there. And that rejection is on our own hands. And now we put it. We put it right there, our hands on the cross. And now the blood from his side, the blood from his feet, the blood from his hands, the blood from his blood from his head, the blood from his heart. It runs down, covers that rejection. He's taken it. 
Some of you are eating yourselves to death because of rejection. Some of you are drinking yourselves to death because of rejection. Some of you are complaining your lives to death because of rejection. Some of you are depressed because of rejection. Some of you are lame and limping because of rejection. Yeah, you're limping along in your thought life, in your spiritual walk. Some of you are consumed by rejection. Some of you are living a half-life because of rejection. Some of you aren't acknowledging the power of God because of your rejection. How about this? How about we reject rejection? Yeah, there's a thought. Reject rejection. The Bible says that uh, actually there's a principle that's applied this way, which says to renounce. It's a spiritual warfare dynamic that says that you renounce it. You can repent of it, and repenting is fine. That's doing things on your end, but you have to break that bondage. You have to break that, uh, that attachment, that, is, uh, that, that thing, with that spirit which has attached itself to you, and you have to renounce it. And that's just the opposite of to announce. Announce is like, here it is, and I welcome that. To renounce says, I reject that, I refuse it, and, and we put it, we, we bury it, we curse it. What God curses, we curse. What he blesses, we bless. Let's, let's end our service and our time with that. Worship team, I'm going to ask you to come back up. We're gonna, I want to do that song again. We'll just beat that thing into the, to the, to, to the pit. We'll, we'll beat rejection into the pit with that song. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Hallelujah. Let's think about that, folks. We're not done as they're coming up. We're just going to deal. We're going we're to curse it right now. But you have to speak. I can't do it for you. You have to do it. It's your faith that will make you well. You may not understand it, and we'll, we'll seek to, uh, to give you understanding. But here's what I want you to do. You need to say those words. I reject rejection. I reject rejection. I curse what you curse, God, and I bless what you bless. I recognize that I was a captive who you have set free. I was captive and you set me free. I reject the spirit of rejection that has come upon me. I stand in your authority and acknowledge, God, that you cast that rejection off of me. I agree that you are the glory and the lifter of my head and that you have taken my rejection upon yourself. You who were rejected, I now find acceptance. You have accepted me. I am accepted. I am beloved. I am by the I am. Yes, Jesus. Tell you what, it's not something a man can declare over you. It's something you have to receive. I'm going to carry this message forward. Okay, I'm not, it's because I know it's of the Lord. It's this message that, that he's given me is for, for a preaching. And I'm going to give it to you. And actually, I'm going to give you an outline for ne- next Sunday. I'll, give an, I'll, I'll have an outline for you. These are some solid things that God wants us to do in reclaiming the territory. Today, rejecting it is one thing, walking in it. That's what I want to equip you. That's what the word of God's going to do. That's what he wants to, to do, empower you to live a life above, uh, without that rejection. Rejection of man, rejection of the world, rejection that you feel among friends and peers, rejection that, that will get 
in, in all over the world as we're walking around through it. We need to know that great, great is he <laughs> who is for me. Can you say that? Great is he who is for me. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Hey, let's stand and go out with praise and worship this morning. Our prayer team is going to be up here. If you'd like some extended prayer beyond that, you want some laying on of hands, anointing with oil, then that's what our prayer team is equipped for. And we'll, uh, we'll believe God for you and we'll pray with you.